What's up guys, it's Lisa. We're all well into our coronavirus quarantine and needless to say, it's been a trying time for all of us. We've had to change our daily routines, many of us haven't even left the house, gyms are closed and overnight most of our relationships went virtual. So how can we come out of this quarantine stronger, healthier and even more connected? Well, I've taken this opportunity to talk to some of my favourite people on my Instagram Live to get their advice on these very issues and have found the conversation so freaking helpful that I wanted to share them here as well. So over the next couple of months, we'll be posting bonus episodes every Friday to help us get through this quarantine stronger together. Today, I'm chatting with a man who needs no introduction, my hubby, Mr. Tom Billu. In this Instagram Live, we talked about how we're handling the quarantine as a couple and the importance of developing what we call rules of engagement. So grab your partner or a friend, sit down, and this is one to listen to. Enjoy. The episode that me and you shot, we just released it on Women of Impact, special edition, relationship yes. edition. And I was saying, anyone that misses relationship theory, guys, we just dropped an episode that's basically like relationship theory, just branded it Women of Impact and put some pink cushions in. Um, so go and check that out right now if you want any tips or tactics on how to manage your relationship right now while you're in quarantine. This man is Sire. He gives a ton of advice and we have a great discussion. So, all right, baby, we're going to do some live questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. And also we want to do some shout outs. So guys, if you are, oh, in fact, sorry, I didn't even say that. If you want to watch the episode, it's Women of Impact on YouTube, in case I didn't mention that, or on podcast. Um, and we are answering questions. So if you have any questions, guys, drop them in the comments and we'll be answering them live. All right. We have, what's going on? What's going on? All right. So kickoff question. How can people watching right now use this time to strengthen their relationship? Well, that, uh, that really comes down to the age age old adage of what makes a relationship strong and that's communication. So um, the big thing here is people need to be defining terms. This is something that you and I um, came to quite a while ago, making sure that you agree on what words mean. So the most useful one for us is important so that we understand somebody's level um, of intensity around any given subject. If um, you know, they use the word important for us, it means that it's drop whatever you're doing and pay attention to this thing. Um, it's not something to be taken lightly. It's also not something to use lightly. So we don't say very often, hey, this is important. Um, it's, it's really quite rare. Um, I'll put it in sort of the once a month category somewhere wow, around that there. often. Yeah, I, think it, I use it more than three times a year. You do. I'm, I'm gonna you do. I'm gonna start marking it down now. Please. Yeah, I, you're very, very good about it. So I am in no way, shape, or form trying to intimate that you use it too much. I think you use sure. it perfectly. Um, in and I'll put that over a span of 20 years. You're never abusive with that, which mm -hmm. is so important. And that's something that. Um, for this to work, people have to have that like sacredness internally about I don't abuse this thing um, that that's really, really important. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is rules of engagement. Um, how do we deal with certain things? How do we deal um, with an argument? How do we deal if somebody um, hurt my feelings? How do we deal with any sort of disagreement, selfish time, money, like there's so many things to have rules around that just help to clarify. They force a conversation, which is, you know, so many things are assumed. But here, when you're making the assumption, the problem is that you assume that the other person sees the world the same way as you do. And almost certainly in a relationship, there will be areas of huge divergence in terms of what you just think at a base assumption level is true. 
Um, and then I, that really brings me to another point, which is get very good at identifying and articulating your base assumptions. Hmm. I love that. Um, can I add a question when we're doing a uh, shared thing? Do you know? Can you do what? Can we do questions like a written question? Um, all right, so I'm going to try this. I hope it doesn't. Ah, oh, there it is. All right, how do you set What did you just do? Yeah, buddy. How'd you do that? That's so cool. <laughs> I'll show you when I see you. So people are asking, right. yes, we are in the same house. He is upstairs, I am downstairs. Um, and we are doing this IG live to discuss just relationship questions, if you guys have any. And then also we do have an episode of, um, a relationship episode of Women of Impact, so go check that out. Um, we have some shout outs before we answer this question. So shout outs from Dubai, Dubai, Texas, India, London, my brother. What up, babe? <laughs> um, Cyprus, um, Ukraine, don't know the language, sorry, LA and Brazil. Um, okay, thank you guys for tuning in. All right, so the question, how do you set boundaries in your relationship? Yeah, so um, that is really pretty basic if everybody agrees to play by the rules. So creating a boundary um, hinges on, well, not hinges on, but the, the spiritual core of boundaries is the following statement. People will treat you exactly the way you let them treat you. When you're setting a boundary, some of this is you just have to fucking set it. Like it has to be articulated. And this is where I think people fall down. You have to articulate it. And it's always better to be setting a boundary in what Lisa and I call emotional sobriety. So be in a moment where everything's calm. You're completely open. Nobody's amped up about something. It's, you know, you're, you're in a good place. And so that's the time to talk about things and um, something that you and I, I think, do very effectively is you, oh, God, this always sounds so dumb when I say it, but it's so powerful. You have to fill your heart with the desire to see the other person win. And so you're, you're literally saying, okay, she is expressing something that's meaningful to her. Um, she's trying to set a boundary. She's being so respectful about the way that she says it. She's looking for that right moment where we're both feeling good. We're feeling connected. And she's laying out why it's important to her. She's making sure I'm not feeling rejected. Um, and she's, you know, articulating, explaining it, why it, why it matters to her, where it's coming from, what the outcome she wants is, an acknowledgement, if that triggers insecurity or fear in me, an acknowledgement of that. And then ultimately, you have to stick with it, right? So ultimately, hopefully, the, you know, the person who's having the boundary set upon them is like, this is rad. She's setting her boundaries. Mm. I want her to win. I want her to feel good. One of my primary goals in this relationship is to elevate her, to make her feel better about herself. And she's expressing something that she needs. She's doing it in such a thoughtful and caring way. And now, like, I want to find that path. I want to find, I'm not going to deny, you know, how that makes me feel. Um, so if, if it makes me feel some kind of way, I'm going to say that makes me feel some kind of way. And this is where I think we've... Um, got a an amazing technique that I highly encourage people to steal, which is when something makes you feel some kind of way, articulate the whole reasoning path, even if it's ugly, even if it's insecurity, even if it's not coming from a place that makes you feel good about yourself. If the other person is not predatory when you reveal an insecurity or a vulnerability, which is one of our rules of engagement, never, ever, 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 under any circumstance, ever, use somebody's insecurity or vulnerability against mm -hmm. them. Don't weaponize it. Okay, so 
if in that moment you go, ooh, wow, you're asking for something that actually makes me feel rejected. I'm super surprised it's making me feel so insecure. And I actually find myself wanting to lash out at you. This is actually how we talk. So <laughs> I will say things like that. And in trying to like break down, like I'm as surprised as anybody by the way that I'm feeling. Mm. I'm not I'm not saying it's right or wrong, and you're not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just trying to get to what is true. Mm -hmm. And once you can get to what is true, you can begin to like make useful, uh, make a useful understanding around that and then figure out how that actually then works in the relationship. Um, because it, it is possible that there's a modification of the boundary that the person is asking for um, that can be reached and you know, it's a nice, easy compromise. Oh. Anyone told you you should do this for a living, Mr. Billu? They they have mentioned that a time or two, and yeah. Are you holding the phone? Because I really like having yeah. this question underneath, but you're, it's covering your face. Can you move the phone first? No. I really can't, no. Oh, man. You, you know having, the space that I'm in. There's literally nothing in front of me. Having, having the question, though, up as people join, I think can be really useful. Yeah, do it. Useful. Just cover my face. Um, well, it, maybe put it on the little table if you can. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is how we are, guys. You're getting a real glimpse into the dynamic here. Um, I definitely go into boss, bossy mode. Um, okay, next question. I can't, let me try and do it. But everyone's telling me to remove it from your face. That's why. Okay. Um, so we're going to set boundaries with the chat. And we will, <laughs> we will do our best. And I actually, no, this is, this is good. Let's really do this. So um, I fully respect what people are asking for. And I actually understand why they want it. Um, and I think in later versions of this, we can plan for that. And I'll do that. Um, it isn't important enough to me to scramble around. That creates anxiety in me. And I don't want to scramble. I want to be emotionally present. And because for me, it's not a big deal to have my face covered or I can even tilt down and try to there get like the go. ultimate where you see my eyes, you see my mouth. Um, so I'm not willing to do that. So, but... And, and this example. is exactly how we discuss things, right? So I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm acknowledging that actually is a reasonable request. I completely understand why you're asking um, that of me. And I am willing to give you that with certain caveats. One, I'm not going to do it now because I don't want to scramble because it creates anxiety in me and I won't be able to be um, as present or as thoughtful in this. And then um, my value system coming to play, which will collide with maybe you maybe some people in the feed, but I am, it is not that I don't understand that for some people it is very problematic. It's that I don't agree. And in my understanding, I don't agree um, that it's valuable enough. So I'm unwilling to make that change now, right? I've already laid out that I'm willing to do it for the next time and all that. Um, so hopefully like people see how in a relationship it's like, okay, I, I'm not trying to be defensive. I'm not just rejecting saying, why would I do that? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. Which is what most people would do, which, which then, is of where course, we started. Put so you fact, and I in our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, even with content. Right. So it's like you so value productivity. Um, how can efficiency I efficiency is the word that I like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you you um, prioritize efficiency. But for me, I'm so like in the production side of things and visuals and like the way we display things, the way something's cut, like that is my world and that's what I've been doing since we were at Quest and I was running the studio. So um, so this is where we definitely have to have
have our communication because, and we kind of go, you know, we have, we will get into this question, but we're actually in real time discussing how we go over things. So I know that about him. I know that that's actually what makes him great is managing and seeing where your time should be going and where you waste it. And so I don't ever want to push back on something that I actually think benefits you, us, and the company. But I also want to create something that is also beautiful so that becomes just an amazing piece of content because that's where my heart is. I can't deny that. So what we do is we discuss it. You're very honest with me. And I recognize that mine comes from a feeling, but yours comes from a um, like a results thing, right? So it's like, I want it to be pretty. It doesn't have to be fucking pretty, but it needs to be impactful. And we've agreed as a team that the content we do has to primarily be impactful first. And so that's how we kind of, so when you're like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I get it. So, okay. Now to the question. Um, how could my relationship be better in this quarantine? We can't meet. I assume they mean they can't be in person. Yeah. So this is, this is going to be, you're flipping a switch in your mind and saying that I'm going to make this better because if you can't meet, there really is no substitute for proximity. And I personally um, don't think that a human relationship that doesn't involve um, being physically together will ever reach the level um, that it will if you are together. Now, having said that, Lisa and I spent about 18 months of the first two years of our relationship um, living in separate countries, not the entire time being apart, but having to go back and forth, spending large periods of time apart. And what we didn't have that you guys have is we didn't have any visual communication. So we had email and that was it. Texting didn't exist back then. Um, certainly video chat did not exist back then. And we still found ways to connect because we were expressing things. We were trying to share our lives as much as possible. And that's a big part of this. So um, I would be setting aside very specific time to connect um, in a visual medium where you're giving each other your full attention. And then, and the full attention part is, is really the critical part, sharing things, what's going on, and then finding ways to do things together. So I just learned yesterday from Casey at um, Impact Theory that you can watch Netflix in like a shared group. So I haven't done it yet, so I can't. Oh, I've heard that actually, that like a, a Netflix thing. group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, get out. So that is um, that's something that you can do. We've done that before, where we just do we put our laptops. Um, you know, when we're oh, remote, we put our story. laptops. No, please tell them. <laughs> Um, I loved it so much. That's why is that literally you were traveling and you were gone for a while and I really needed to connect with you. So we agreed on a movie or a TV show we were going to watch and we set up our laptops next to it and we Skyped and we literally sat there and we're like, okay, we're going to watch it together. One, two, three, play. And it's like, we're then showing each other to make sure it's all in tune. Cause obviously you don't want a surprise in the show to right. spoil it. But anyway, so we, we really did bond over it and it's like we put each other on mute so we wouldn't hear each other but every so often I could see you like looking over going and I was doing the same and it's like you can see this as being something that could hinder your relationship or you can really see this as something that can bond you I mean that thing babe we did it what once and I still remember it and it still has like this serious warm feeling in my heart um, mm. and you can do that with dinner you can do that with teas or something we've been doing with our families is now we've got a, a calendar scheduled that every Sunday our entire family gets on a big zoom call together and we all have a cup of tea well the Brits have the tea your family probably has 
and a diet coke or something because they don't really drink coffee but um <laughs> but anyway so it's like building that time and being able to say well okay this can actually be great for my relationship and how if you own your own business when an employee leaves your company whether on good terms or bad it can feel i hate to say it but it actually can feel personal like you and you alone are the one to blame and it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether well let's face it sometimes we can do that with hires as well and trust me guys i've been there i get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a b professionals which makes it the best place to hire because guys it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates and it's so easy in fact that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours so post your jobs for free at linkedin.com/lisa that's linkedin.com/lisa to post your job for utterly free and of course terms and conditions always apply Yeah, structure, structure, structure. You know, use it as an opportunity. Um like one thing I've done in in the quarantine is just say, all right, I'm I'm a person that believes the business really thrives when people are together. So this is in my estimation this has really slowed the business down and I'm super bummed about that, but um I'm using it to bring more play time into my life. So it's like, okay, well if I can't be as efficient at work, there are other things that are incredibly meaningful to me in my life. So you, me and my sister are, you know, quote unquote stuck together. Um and so we've we've taken the time to spend quality time together to do things that are far more playful than I would do normally and I won't say that I love it as much as I love what we're building together, but it is awesome and I fucking love it and it's created a different texture um because I wanted to re- I wanted to look back on the quarantine and not remember the fear, not remember the anxiety. I wanted to remember the fun. And so doing special things to make it more enjoyable um has been great and I I love it. So um doing things like that in your relationship where you're saying okay, I actually wouldn't normally make time for this. And maybe that's bad, but this is a great opportunity for us to make time for it. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, treating it like your um out the window there's a helicopter at eye level that's very weird um so taking the time to treat it like these um connection points to really slow down and do things together that you wouldn't otherwise do i think is a huge opportunity and it takes that crisis for people to prioritize it cool sorry i didn't mean to press that next question i probably distracted you there babe um Sorry, I love that for you. I'm trying to do these pins. Let me know guys if you actually like the question below. Um because that might be easier for people. Um there's some I don't know babe, do you want to stick to quarantine questions? Um, I don't think we need to like whatever. Like if they come by, one I saw that was super random does Tom drink coffee? Why or why not? Tom does drink coffee. Why? Because it's been around for longer than diet soda, which I much prefer. 
But um, diet soda has not been tested for 2,000 years or however long coffee's been around. Uh, so even though I don't like coffee nearly as much, I drink it. Um, oh, is checking have... their phone spying. Yes, yes, checking their phone is spying. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't do it, no. Um, I have never once checked Lisa's phone. And our thing about checking phones is, I actually get it, I get the impulse. But let me tell you, if you have that fucking impulse, you have a problem mm. in your relationship. Address the fucking problem. You don't trust your significant other. You wanna talk about a position I would never stay in ever, ever, ever under any circumstance, quarantine or not, if I didn't trust you immediately, do not pass go, go immediately to therapy. And I would be trying to figure out, yo, what happened? Where was the breakdown of trust? That is a shitty way to live. I wouldn't do it. Therapy, therapy, therapy. You've got to get the trust back in your relationship or what the fuck are you doing? I don't care. You could have 87 children. If I did not trust the other person, I would take immediate actions. If they were unwilling to work on it, if I was trying and trying and trying, therapy options, a therapist they wanted, like whatever, I'll fucking make all kinds of concessions. Like I just want to get back to trust. Not trusting the person you live with is about as gnarly a life mm -hmm. as I can imagine, as you well know. Since the time I was 14, I've had a recurring nightmare about being in a loveless marriage. It stopped when you and I got together because I trust you in ways that I can't imagine. It, it's, it, fuck, it's so beautiful. It doesn't mean that you don't piss me off sometimes. It doesn't mean I don't piss you off sometimes. But truly, I trust you to the core of my being. And because I have that trust, there's a, a, an anxiety reduction because I'm always like, well, I know I have her. Everything else could fall to shit, but I know where I stand with her. And so it doesn't mean that you're always happy with me. Um, and, you know, we've got the classic story of, uh, do you like this shirt? Eh. And it's spiraling into a huge argument. But man, knowing that you, you can honest. trust the other person, fuck so powerful yeah that's the thing the phone isn't it's not even about the phone it has nothing to do with the phone it's about the fact that you don't trust them and really when you look at it if you have the impulse to check someone's phone it's that you've only got two outcomes they're cheating on you or they're not cheating on you and either one is like if they're cheating on you okay well you know but if they're not cheating, <laughs> are you doing that on purpose what every time you go either they're cheating on you <laughs> oh, no. or they're not it's fucking amazing that you kept doing it too it's perfect subconscious i, I love it i was so like in the zone of what i was saying i didn't even realize so okay i'll do it this way um right so it's like okay they're cheating on you or if they're not then what you have to still analyze why you feel so insecure that you think if something's going on and it's like i've told this story before but literally if someone was if you were away babe and someone was to text me and they're like oh my god I just saw Tom and they didn't even take a photo and they're like I just saw Tom with his arm around another woman here's a photo he's in Santa Monica whatever and I'll be like oh there must be a reason like my in my first go-to is like oh maybe it was a fan they came running up to him he they said the story he hugged them that photo was taken there or it's like maybe it's an old friend I just don't know um but then ne never with the first thing that comes to my mind or second or third thing is that you've cheated on me if it does right. immediately then you have to address that that specific thing because either it's something that's to do with me I'm insecure. Okay, well, why, Lisa, are you insecure? What do you need to do differently to be build up your own, um, your confidence? Or secondly, he's not showing me over time every day that I'm meaningful to him, that I, I mean something to him. Like, so there's a breakdown there. But one way or another, there's a breakdown in your relationship. So it, it, yeah, it has nothing to do with the phone. So. Word. 
Um, all right, next question. I'm kind of liking these pins. Um, all right. I haven't seen the rest of this question, but let's have a look. People are mostly talking about the post-coronavirus time. How do we go through the present? Yeah, so there's really uh, a couple different things here. So one, if you have lost a loved one, if you've gotten sick or you've lost your job, that, that's a whole separate um, thing, right? Because now it is deal with what is happening in the moment. So if you've lost your job, there is a lot of um, things you can do. One, file for unemployment immediately. Two, keep your eyes peeled for all stimulus packages. Three, try to generate revenue over the internet. I promise there are a lot of jobs um, over the internet that can be done. And so looking for one of those where you can supplement your income is going to be huge. Do not be slow to react. Do not treat um, unemployment like an opportunity for a vacation because that shit will run out excuse me, eventually. And so you want to be aggressive in the early days. If you've lost a loved one, man, take the time to fucking grieve. Um, so all, and if you're sick, obviously treat that like to, to the highest uh, priority of making sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're resting, that you're doing the things you need to do. And if, it, if the time comes to go to the hospital, go to the hospital. All right. Now, assuming that everybody is healthy, you have your job, don't make things worse by worrying about it. Remember, a downturned economy only impacts you if you're heavily invested in the stock market or if you've actually lost your job. If you haven't lost your job, there's no fucking difference. So this is where I've always looked at um, downturns in the economy. Like, is there something I don't understand? When I was young, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. If you're still making the same salary, then how is it impacting you other than obviously compassion for people that it is impacting? Or if you just lost your net worth in the stock market, okay, I get it. But if you're not in one of those two camps, and usually like right now, um, the unemployment rate is obviously skyrocketing compared to what it has been historically. But right now, I think we have 6.6 .6 new um, million people filing for unemployment in a country of you know, almost 330 million people. That's still a very, very small number. So it, it is catastrophic for the person who loses their job and is an emotionally manageable thing for somebody who hasn't. So I, I am encouraging people not to make things worse by panicking, not to make things worse by spiraling in anxiety, um, to go about your life um, as normally as you can. So kill it at your job get better every day, um, focus on your mental health, focus on your physical health. You know, you can't control the world economy. Like I'm, I am captain, it's all my fault. And I just know in moments like this, you have to um, relax, you have to deep breathe, you have to believe in yourself. In fact, this is really what it boils down to. Part of the reason that I don't have anxiety is that even if we lost all of our net worth, right, which bank the this could get bad enough that banking collapses and hey being rich does not protect you from that so poof let's say that it goes away overnight um i'm not diminishing that that would not be fun i would not enjoy that roller coaster ride but the reason it doesn't give me undue anxiety is because i know that i have a skill set that will allow me to rebuild and that like and and that skill set by the way is i have honed over decades my ability to learn to point myself at something new and learn. So I don't cling dogmatically to old stuff. Um, so this is, um, I'll, I'll switch my direction here and try to bring things a little bit more upbeat and say, this is a time where people need to be 
looking for ways to enjoy themselves, looking for ways, obviously, to be safe. This is all in the confines of safety, but looking for ways to do things to reconnect with the joy of being alive, reconnect to the people that you're quarantined with, um, you know, take that opportunity, like we were saying in a relationship, to do things you might not otherwise do, like we're doing, um, taking time to play and be joyful, um, forcing yourself to focus on um, real things that are uplifting and optimistic. Um, that would definitely be my advice. And based on that, what you just said, by the way, I just want to say for people that are watching and commenting, I've kind of been looking at the comments as um, as they're going. And it's like, guys, if you're not going to be nice to each other, then please don't join our lives. Um, this is a place where I think we should all be uplifting each other, like what you just said, and empowering each other. And I saw a couple of like negative comments um, where people are going back and forth. So like, if you just want to be negative, please go somewhere else. This is not the place. Um, Sorry, I just had to say that. Um, all right. Um, I know that you're tight on time, babe. So um, I want to make sure. Um, uh, let's have a look. Um, all right, let's do some shout outs while I look for questions. Shout outs from Morocco, Canada, Prague, Argentina, Washington State, and Bangladesh. Washington. Yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> That's a tricky question. I'm not going to ask that one. Um, how can I reach my goal if my feelings always get in my own way? It's like my feelings are keeping me. Does that? Uh, Does it just end there? I think so, so yeah. Yeah, getting your emotions under your control is is one of the main missions that anybody should have in life. Um, emotional management to me comes down to really understanding the brain. So the more I read about the brain, the more that I learned about the way that it functioned, the more I was able to begin to get control. So there's an amazing book called Man's Search for Meaning uh, by Viktor Frankl. And in that, so it was a guy in a concentration camp during World War II. So you can imagine that's a lot worse um, than the kind of quarantine lockdown that we're all on right now. And he said that you could predict when somebody would die within 72 hours because they would lose meaning in their life. And so their suffering no longer meant anything. Um, and his whole thing was between stimulus and response is a gap. And in that gap, we all get to decide how we're going to respond. And that's one of those things. When you, when you put that in perspective of this is a guy in a concentration camp who lost his entire family telling you, hey, no matter what, is happening, there is a gap between what happens to you and how you respond to it. And in that moment, you just have a choice. So beginning to focus on um, getting your awareness present in that gap, because the gap isn't exactly huge in duration. So getting your ability to um, take control of your response is really critical. And I, I wish I had like more magic pills for people, but meditation really is the thing that's going to allow people to begin to get a sense for their body, how their body feels. Um, you can do a process of gaining awareness in sort of live fire real life where every time you have a, an emotion in the beginning, just try to acknowledge, oh, I'm having an emotion. Then as you With get no better judgment. Yeah, in the beginning, I don't even know that people could judge because they don't know what's happening. They just know I'm having an emotion. Go ahead. I actually don't agree with that. I think, at least for me, when I'm in the moment of that emotion, it's like, oh, you, you shouldn't be mad right now, but you are. Like, um, but I think. Yeah, but so I'll stop you there because you're talking. So everybody, my wife has um, a, a mental disease. I'll call. She thinks she's average, and she's really developed an extraordinary skill set. And so. Um, you're, you're way down the path. 
And most people don't even know, oh, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm frustrated. Mm. They, they, it just feels true that they're, they're completely unaware that they're being moved by emotions. They're completely unaware that they're reacting, if you will. So mm. it, it, is, it is a moment by moment thing that is just happening and they're just rolling with it like one would go down rapids. And the process of gaining awareness, first of all, is a process. And it starts with saying, oh, I'm, I feel something. I'm reacting to something. I'm having an emotion. Okay. Next is, what is this emotion? Mm. Third thing is, what caused this emotion? Now, in answering part three, you're going to come up with the, what we call the T. You're going to be like, oh, they did. It, it's a surface level thing. They, um, they insulted me, whatever. And then the fourth step of awareness is going- We call it the going, tea because we had the tears in drinking tea. Correct. Very well said. Because uh, we had a huge argument over tea and we realized ultimately it wasn't actually about the tea. Um, and then the fourth part of that is understanding what it is that has led that thing to be some sort of trigger for you. Because it's almost always when you react big, it's tapping into some sort of insecurity that you have. And so once you can very quickly identify, oh- I'm having this reaction because of this insecurity, then you can get a grip and change the way that you respond. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That maybe not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. But if you, um, I don't know if I missed something, but if you can get a, like recognize it but then how do you get a grip to then respond and not like the guy saying how do you then not let it get in your way because there's one thing about acknowledging it but it's a whole other thing to then you ready it's i'm ready believe it's almost like i should write a book about this and i wish i wasn't so um much more passionate about other things but i'm gonna be a bit shameless guys hard this if you want him to write a book i've been on this point and look he's very busy but i've been on your case for years to write a book you you have teasing people i bet you're gonna write a book um yeah i and it's interesting it's because i'm conflicted mentally about it and i will answer the question i'm super conflicted there are things that i enjoy more and i put out doing and that i put out so much video content that is literally what would be in the book that um Anyway, so the, the answer to the question is it's rules, values, beliefs, identity. Once you like, so um, if you just have a rule, I don't lash out at my spouse ever for any reason. I just don't do it. 
So, oh, they just said something horrible. Oh, I have a rule. I don't lash out. Okay, well, then I am just going to be silent because right now I'm raging. I'm fuming inside. But I, I have a rule and I don't lash out. Okay, so I'm going to stop. Now, I, now I've stopped myself, right? So I stopped myself with a rule. You could also stop, with your, your, stop yourself with identity. I'm, I'm the type of person that remains calm even when other people are freaking the fuck out. So, whoa, I find myself like getting wound up. Hey, I don't do that. I'm the type of person that stays calm. Um, if you have a value system around, you know what? Communication is really important. So when I have a strong emotional reaction, the only way for me to communicate rationally is to understand what's happening in the brain as I'm moving into fight or flight mode. And in fight or flight mode, the blood is actually leaving my prefrontal cortex, which is the seat of higher cognition, which means I won't be able to think rationally through this. So I need to calm myself. And since I've been doing my meditative practices, I know the physiological hooks to calming myself. So you can come at it from a lot of different angles, but the reality is you, you have to go back to that Viktor Frankl notion of you've got to create a bigger space between stimulus and response. And when you create that space and you have these beliefs, these values, these rules, and this identity that's going to align your behaviors with what you want to do, because at the end of the day, all any of us are ever trying to do is get our behaviors aligned with the vision that we have of the future. And if you don't have a vision of the future, let me introduce you to a Tony Robbins quote that ought to scare anybody straight, which is, if you don't know where you want to be in five years, you are already there. Mm -hmm. Now, the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, God, my life is not what I want it to be. Fuck. Like, to the thought of being here still in five years is beyond terrifying. So I better figure out with a high degree of clarity exactly where I want to be. So once you know where you want to be, everything else that you do, all these questions that we're answering for you, everything is about aligning your behaviors. Um, and so that's, that's a key. And those are sort of four quick elements. There's more, uh, but those are the four quick ones to understand how you can attack the problem. That was absolutely great, babe. And I actually have a quote. I thought this is what you were going to say, and I had this ready. Um, this is my new Instagram post that I need to take a photo of, but I was going to, can you read that? It's interesting. I'll be, I'll be uh, curious to know it's backwards for me. Oh. I don't know if it's backwards for everybody it, else. It so be. let me let me read it. At the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Yeah, that's um, I Tom wouldn't Philly. use that. I wouldn't use that as a, a answer to that question. But that is like if you want to know the punchline of life, um, it really is like how many billionaires have to commit suicide before people go, oh, I guess money isn't going to solve your problems. Um, so, you know, but I think that that's important to think about when you're planning out, you know, because you said where if, if you haven't got a plan, where do you want to be in five years? If you have if you don't know, you're already there. I think it's important, at least for me to really think about that. OK, well, how do I want to feel about myself when I'm by myself? Because then that also then dictates my actions. Mm, yeah, for sure. Well said. Um, all right, guys. Well, I know you've got a uh, dash baby. So. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to really fast, more, I want to yeah. respond to somebody said something in the feed because I thought about saying it out loud and then I didn't. Um, so Vivek Balsara said, how the fuck can you read it backwards? So this is one of those stupid little things that I thought, hey, this will be good practice to like digest information quickly. There was just 
I read things backwards because when stupid moments like that present themselves, I actually <laughs> take the time to read it backwards uh, because neurologically it's so powerful. It's like brushing your teeth with your left hand or if you're left-handed with your right hand. Um, there was a day where we were struggling with a teleprompter and so I tried to record an entire ad by reading it backwards. Um, and that kind of stuff goes a long way. So being playful like that, pushing yourself, and the funny thing is, like, this is one of those life insights that's so powerful. If you just tell yourself the story, I'm so badass, I can read this backwards, upside down, whatever, um, it's going by too quickly, I can memorize it instantly, whatever. You tell yourself these things and you push yourself, you usually fall short, but it is startling how much farther you go than other people who are like, well, it's backwards, I can't read it. Um, <laughs> so, Yeah. In, in life, take those weird little opportunities to do that kind of stuff all the time, all the time, all the time. Amazing. Um, I actually do want to add something. <laughs> you know me, I can never just say, okay, bye. Um, the one thing I do want to add, because earlier I said, all right, guys, heart this if you really want to see Tom Bailey do a book. And there's a little insight that I want to share with everybody about that. Um, so I've been on this man's case about writing a book for a really long time. We were at a mastermind with just some of the most incredible influential people that I freaking look up to and admire. And so we all took turns and everyone took turns on something that they're dealing, um, working on. So I stood up in front of all these amazing influencers and I was like, everyone's going to agree with me. So I was like, all right, guys, I really think if Tom write a book, it would actually change the face of the company because I really do believe he would write a best uh, uh, New York Times bestseller I don't doubt that so I have such belief in him and then knowing that it's going to get there and knowing that like Oprah's going to want to interview him and so I have this vision of what this what this is going to do to our business and so I turned around and I was like you know don't you think he should write a book he, like everyone keeps asking him that's all that his audience keeps saying when you're going to write a book and then literally Dave Hollis turns around and he looks and he's like well Tom do you want to write a book and I was like, oh my God, I haven't even asked him. I hadn't even asked him if he wanted to write a book. And that's where afterwards I pulled you aside and I actually apologized. And I said, look, as your wife, I am so freaking sorry that I didn't even bother to ask you if that was something you wanted. <laughs> I so had the business hat on that I knew that it was going to be great for the business. But that is a terrible um, crossover. And uh, it's a terrible way to have handled it. So um, I do joke about him um, writing a book. I really do think it will be amazing. But I did then say, look, if you don't want to write it or if that's not priority for you, then you really freaking shouldn't do it. And so I just wanted to share that story because that's important that when you recognize something, that you've done something wrong to be open to admit it to your partner. But for me, it was like, I hope you know that I wasn't trying to just be mean and bully you into writing a book, that it did come from a place of um, care for the business. But as your wife, I, I totally let you down there. You didn't let me down. And I think one thing that's important to recognize is you need to be confident enough in who you are and what you believe that you're not just swayed by other people. So any good idea that can't withstand criticism isn't a good idea. So I'm glad that you actually take the other side of things. I'm glad that you bring things up to me. Um, I'm conflicted. That, that's the honest answer because a bunch of people were saying, well, wait, you've said in other interviews that you are writing a book. Um, I am conflicted. I, I feel kind of like the way that I feel about kids. I really want to have kids. I really want that. I just want to not have kids a little bit more. So that's how we've ended up not having kids. I want to write a book, but I want to do creative writing more. So I, 
I will be very surprised if I don't write the book. Um, I do work on it uh, from time to time. I'm trying to teach Impact Theory University in such a way that as I write the curriculum for Impact Theory University, it's actually writing the book. Um, so I feel like I am making progress on it. So I'm glad that you push me. I don't allow myself to be bullied by you or anybody else. So um, you could go as hard as you want and, and I'm going to do what I think leads to fulfillment. So and then maybe, um, I, that's... maybe I actually say that then because I'm projecting, because if I felt like I had said to you, Hey babe, I don't want to do this. And then you just kept bringing it up. I think over time that would start to wear on me. And I can see myself pulling you inside and saying, Hey, look, I know you don't mean to, but you keep bringing this up. It's actually putting a lot of pressure on me. And so I know it comes from a place of care and the case of a place of like, you're an amazing business partner and you recognize, but like right now, then the pressure of doing it is a lot because I feel like I'm letting you down if I don't. So maybe that's actually why I wanted to say that publicly because I think I'm projecting on how I would feel if it was Give, in reverse. Giving the gift you would want to receive, which I get it, I respect. So, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel undue pressure. I like that you and I, um, we, it's really interesting. We think in, in similar ways, but we have a, a very divergent sort of baseline personality it's interesting. So um, I am grateful that you don't think the way that I think. I'm grateful that you put things on my radar that I wouldn't otherwise. But I'm also grateful that I don't feel that I have to listen. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's like I want to hear you out. I, I have more blind spots than I could possibly imagine. And so if you just always said, oh, well, you said you didn't want to do it and therefore I'm going to leave it alone – you know, there, there's a lot of things where timing isn't right, or I just wasn't thinking of it in that way, or, oh, you've actually given me insight, allowed me to connect to it in a new way, whatever. Um, but at the same time, what you're saying is real. And so if I were doing that for you, giving you the gift I would want, which is, well, have you thought about this? We you know, did you look at it from this angle? And that's making you feel pressure. I would want you to say, hey, that, that doesn't feel right. And then, mm -hmm. you know, then we would adjust accordingly. Boom. All right, guys, um, we did just release a Women of Impact Relationship Edition special with me and the hubby. So go over to YouTube forward slash Women of Impact to check out that episode. And now because we're quarantined, we actually are going to be doing a few more relationship episodes. We're going to shoot one today about opposites attracting. So um, that's the next topic we're going to be touching on. And then if you do like to see more lives or things like this, let us know, um, babe. Thank you so much for joining us upstairs. I'm going to come up and give you a kiss now. All right. Sounds good. I can't wait. Right. Love you. Love you too. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, next time, be the hero of your own life. Peace out.